Hi, this is Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer of Ready Row USA. We're here with our last live stream of the day from the U.S. Rowing Convention. And what a day it's been. Yeah. I'm here with uh, Kyle Williams and Kamal Carter of A Long Talk. And it's they'll explain it to you. I probably would do a bad job of it if I tried to encapsulate it here. But I heard them at a U.S. Rowing Convention uh, webinar, maybe last year or the year before. Yeah, sometime. Um, and it was one of the more moving, powerful, and motivating uh, sessions that I've seen uh, from U.S. Rowing. Uh, it just blew me away. And I think they're do doing the same here at the Rowing Convention. So without further ado, I will sort of try to but how are you guys doing? We're feeling great. Yeah. It's been a great day. Uh, got a chance to meet um, some great people. We just finished a session with about 50 people, I guess, that were in there with us. Um, yeah, 50, had, yeah. Yeah, but had a great lunch, too. You guys have the best lunch out of all the conventions we've been to. That's off the, right off the top. The food was incredible. Wasn't so. that good? Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. So we were surprised a little bit because we've, we've been to a few of these conventions. <laughs> yeah. Healthy, tasty. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, let me just put my ear yeah. up up a little bit um yeah so you're kyle williams and kamal carter and uh, tell me like like what's your what's your goal and mission this year yeah you want you want i was just gonna, i mean i think overall you know we're we're an, we're an anti-racism activation experience we want people to get off the sidelines and learn how to get engaged and have this conversation and our goal is just to put an anti-racist at every dinner table in america we just believe that if you know the people, it just takes one person in the space to change that space, and so that's our goal. And, and by talking to folks like you and having these conversations at conventions like this, it helps to spread the message um, that we're doing. I, I, I will say this too: it's important to know that one of the things that um, this we have a 15-year mission. Okay. Which, yeah, which, I saw you at yeah. 15 that years. To, yeah. to push racism to the fringes. Right now, it's in high definition. Yeah. It's not like back in the day when we had the bunny rabbit ears on TV and it was staticky. There are things that are being said in this society and things that are being done in current day America that are just unacceptable and that it's in high definition. Because people who want to make racist comments or people who develop racist policies are unapologetic. And we have to warm the temperature in the room and say, you know what? If you want to have those beliefs, it's fine. You have the right to believe whatever you want, but just not around us. We need to reclaim our dinner tables. We need to reclaim our corporate boardrooms, our boathouses, our teams, our locker rooms, our fields of competition if we're in sports, to just make sure it's inclusive for everyone, that there's no sexism, that there's no anti-black um, policies and harmful hate, that there's any anything that's othered. Our target is white supremacy, and we're going to push that out to the cold to the fringes in 15 years that's our goal and you guys said at the lunch thing that you're ahead of schedule how could that possibly be well we're, <laughs> one is that we're sitting here and yeah. we were invited here by amanda who's the head of u.s rome yeah. and when you think about that type of buy-in um you know we're, we work with the heads of deutsche bank we work with some of the largest universities in the country yeah. we're working with linkedin we're working with a lot of people um that are able to make decisions and make change the, the biggest thing about change in america it's not that it's hard to do it's hard to find people to lead it mm -hmm. and 
we've been able to connect with people who want to lead, that want to make a change and aren't just going to sit on the sidelines. So when we talk about it, we, we recognize we've been able to hit warp speed because of the connections we made. We've, we've been able to have our discussion at Wharton Business School for two years in a row. That's not normal for just two black men, which is two black fathers who wanted to have a conversation. We don't have a business plan. We don't have large <laughs> corporate backing. I feel better like, it's, about yeah, myself. It's, like, it's like, yeah, we're just out. But that's the, the, the spirit of America right now is that, you know, it's grassroots time. Like yeah. we can't wait for, no, we can't I, wait for anybody else to do this stuff. We can't wait for the politicians, for the corporations. Yeah. That's to come from yeah. the bottom up. And then we have to make people pay attention. Yeah. And I think that's what's been able to happen because here we are two and a half years later, having talked to 11,000 people. And we started this, I was gonna do this call one time. It wasn't a plan to keep doing it. It really? was one conversation. So what sort of, like, what were you doing before? Well, it was COVID, so we were all kind of waiting to see what was next. But my background is education. Yeah, um, okay. As literally when COVID hit, I was an educational consultant teaching teachers how to use 21st century skills okay. in the classroom and principals. And so, you know, when everything kind of changed, when George Floyd was murdered, um, I guess I've always been a person that used my voice. I was never afraid to use my voice. It wasn't always the most productive way because a lot of times it was out of anger, a lot of times it was out of stress and tension. Um, but when I was able to have a conversation with my son's basketball coach in, in the midst of kind of this of the George Floyd backlash that was happening, my son had an issue with another teammate, and I called the coach to make sure it was going to get dealt with. And I realized that while he may have wanted to de deal with it, he didn't know how. He, he had never, he didn't understand the history behind it. He didn't understand really the, the level of anger that this comment raised to. So we had to teach him. And then, you know, by, have, by literally having a 10 minute conversation with him and then sharing a video with him that gave some of the history. It's a video called The History of Race in America. We watched this 80 minute video and he became an activated anti-racist. No way. Absolutely. He started doing things right away. Come to my hometown. <laughs> the, the beautiful thing is that we want to be in every hometown. Like we, yeah. we, aside from working with organizations and conventions, we have a community conversation on our website that anyone can join our conversation. Right. Doesn't matter where you are. Uh, work. Free. You type in. If, yep. Yeah. You go. Yeah. It says uh -huh. take a seat at the table. You register well, we'll for a monthly in the, event. In the show notes. Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I so think, uh, we have a hundred people register for our upcoming one in February. It starts on the sixth. Yeah. From all over the country, right? And so yeah. we'll do it every single yeah, month. And it gives an opportunity that if it does, if you're not part of U.S. Rowing, right. you still can get a, become a part of this conversation. Yeah. yeah. So. Anything yeah. else? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is that it's the power of we, that it's not this mis mysterious rocket science formula that we've, we're embarking upon. Yeah. It's us reclaiming our spaces and saying, you know what, harmful, hurtful behavior towards any group yeah. is not, we're not going to go for that. We're not going to go towards any erasure of history. We're not going to tolerate people who want to ban books or who don't want to talk about our shared American history, not African-American. It's our shared American history. There are contributions that black people have made, and there's, there's things that have been extracted from our history that keep us, a lot of us are just ignorant to, to the information that's out there and how we got here. And how are we going to absolutely solve a problem? It's like trying to solve a math equation and not have any numbers or plus signs or addition signs or subtraction signs. Yeah. And this is why we have this loop for 400 years of just running our, our, our a, a cycle over and over again. But now, we the people are saying, hey, let's connect all the great people in America who want this country to have equity for all, freedom and justice for all. And let's work towards it. So you keep focusing on that. I mean, what boggles my mind is how black people in particular avoid or 
something. The anger, frustration, trauma, and, mm -hmm. you know, like, I know you've channeled it into this work, or you've, you know, yes. it's motivated you. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't imagine, like, that happening to me and not being just incandescently angry. Yeah. The, James Baldwin has a quote, I, won't, I don't have it exactly, but he says, um, to be to be a conscious black man in America, to be a conscious black person in America is to live in a constant state of rage. Like if you understand the history, and that's why people avoid it. That's why people don't want it to be taught. Because, but here's the thing, this is where it becomes less painful. When I don't have to care about myself, when you know the history too, and you're just as angry about it as me, then we can go change it. But in a society where white people are allowed to not even learn this, or don't feel like they need to learn any of our history because it's, you know, doesn't apply to them or, when that society, you talk about divisiveness, when I learn at 12 years old about some of these stories and some of this history, and I have to go to be, and I have to go to a class and be taught by a woman that doesn't know this stuff, but then I'm the troublemaker in the back of the class because I correct him, like, that's not actually what happened. Yeah. You know, then I'm, I'm the divisive one, right? But the divisive one was the ignorance that we had to suffer from. See, ignorance divides us all because those people that want to push and find more information you separate from the ignorant. And, and we've all been kind of set up to not know about this, to not care about this, to not talk about it. And that's why people can even feel like, you know, I would love to see it go away, but I just have no idea. We just have to live with it. We don't have to live with this. No. You know, we don't. No. So. Because it's more rewarding when you start working to change. Yes. Absolutely. And you get that you get that sort of endorphin back. Yeah. You know, you, you're making a difference. You're connecting with people. Absolutely. 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 Our, our goal, a lot of people think that you end racism by focusing on the racist people. What you, the way we, we end racism is to focus on the non-racists, the people who are just out of the game, don't even know it's something that they can do. It's, it's really a war on ignorance that we're leading. It's not even about people. Like our, our educational system, our media, there have been narratives that have been pushed around this country that are really false narratives around how we got here. And so when people buy into the false narrative, even if you're a good person, if you just believe something that's not true, it, it, it hides the truth from you. You can't fix the problem. You can't, you know, like Tamal said, imagine trying to put something together from Ikea without the directions. If you don't have the information, you really can't make a difference and make something work. So that's the space that we've all been kind of intentionally put in because our school system won't teach this. You know, our, the media shows a certain perspective. And because of that, then everybody's just full of either confusion or anger. Yeah. You know, you end up that way. And I think of my elementary school years in the 60s. Just the total Eastern Washington State, mm -hmm. the total lack of yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there was like this was the '60s, so there was some kind of like, yeah. you know, civil rights talk and stuff, but not particularly in Eastern Washington. Yeah. I, mean, I hate to generalize, but mm -hmm. you know, like, um, so just, I know you gotta, you know, get going to your train yeah. and stuff. But we'll we'll continue this conversation. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We'll, and um, I just wondered, like, what's the most challenging thing uh and what's the most rewarding thing about what you've done that's a great question you, you i think the most challenging thing honestly is just being able to support the growth that we're having um i, I think um there are people who block who don't want to have these conversations some so-called gatekeepers in different corporations different schools different entities so you could say that's a challenge but kyle helped us navigate and we're like water 
Yeah. Because we just go around that. We don't. Water it, is one of the most powerful absolutely. things there is. It doesn't stop. It wears stop. it down. It, it won't stop. It, it, absolutely. It, yeah. So we adopted that analogy. philosophy. Yeah. Bruce Lee yeah. kind of helped us with that, and and we take that. We're like water, <laughs> and we like just water, go, yeah. And, yeah. and and we, and and we find the people who want to be activated. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's and that, and the most rewarding thing is those people keep showing up. Yeah. Yes. So you got to understand when this whole thing started, I had one conversation with one white man. Yeah. If he if he was the block right there, we would I would we wouldn't be doing anything like nothing. I wasn't gonna I wasn't planning to do this, but because I had a conversation on my son's basketball coach, yeah, and he and it changed him, and I was able to give him information and it activated him. See, our formula is real simple. It's information plus empathy equals action. When you know about something, you can care about something, and when you care about something, you'll do something about it. So when it, whether so a, a lot of what's happened across people in America, white and black, is that they've been robbed of the information, which then robs them of their empathy. They, I don't, even if I think I think I know what's going on, but I don't really know, so I can't really worry about it. I don't. But then when you get that information and you get that empathy together, people say I can do something. You know, and that's what that's what we've been doing. So the most rewarding thing is that we we've had 11,000 people, predominantly white, 98% of our population is white, who learned something felt something and they're doing something. We don't advertise, we have no marketing behind us. As a small set, we work, I love this you know, about it's just you. all it's grassroots. Just like, I can't believe I happened into that <laughs> yeah. webinar and then you're here yeah. and it's just like, wow. That's that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. so I will um, be one of your, you know, you have been. evangelists. Yeah, you, you're used, but this is what it's about. Like literally yeah. you're using your platform yeah, to bring a conversation. Like, that's all, because when people know better, they do better. Yes. The people, are, like Americans aren't bad people. We've just all been hit with this curse of ignorance. And then when that ignorance gets reinforced, yeah. and then you add some of the other stuff, and it becomes hateful or becomes just, yeah. that's where we end up getting in trouble, because people are like, I don't even want to deal with that stuff, yeah. right? And so that's been, the, for me, the most rewarding thing is that, you know, I, I say all the time, I, I, I'm from Plainfield, New Jersey. Like, yeah. not too far from up I here, but that's, yeah, I'm, I'm from Plainfield, New Jersey. So I did not grow up around a lot of white people that were looking to make a change in this. Yeah. So for me, you know, I say all the time is that I didn't, when I graduated from Plainfield High School, it did not say under my bio, most likely to solve societal <laughs> problems of white people. It wasn't part of it. But then I met people like you. And then I met people like these, like, honestly, that's what it was. And so for me, the reward is that I hoped that you cared yeah. one day. And now that I'm getting to meet people that care. And now yeah. we got stuff that we're doing together. So that's the most rewarding part for me. It gives me a lot of sense of hope. Good. Yeah. Well, you guys are the best. I just, it's so important that we were able to talk and continue the discussion. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And, Anytime. Uh, someday I'll tell you my whole story. We'd love to hear <laughs> it. We'd love to hear it. Thank yeah. you so much, Charlotte. Thank Keep doing you. what you're doing. Okay. You All right. Care. Appreciate you. Bye -bye.